Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Getting It Out Podcast. That was Tribal Gaze from Longview, Texas. Not... <laughs> not... Not... Not a bunch of... Not... They aren't... They aren't tribal gays from Longview, Texas. They are tribal gays from Longview, Texas. Um, they are not a pack of uh, loyal homosexuals. They are a brutal death metal band called Tribal Gaze. Like, um, like the way you stare at something. Not the way you uh, prefer the company of the same sex. They are tribal. The band is called Tribal Gaze. The song was called With This Creature I Return, and it's off of the Nine Choirs, their debut LP, coming soon on Maggot Stomp Records. I guarantee you, the rest of the record is just as heavy, and if you like heavy music, death metal, etc., you're going to love Tribal Gaze. And you also might like Tribal Gaze. That's your own, that's your own thing. You can do what you want. But the band, Tribal Gaze... It's pretty cool. And that song, With This Creature I Return, is evidence of that. And that very may well have been the most brutal Getting It Out podcast intro yet. That's good. Because today, you're going to listen to an interview between myself, Adam Easterling, and Mike White from the band Orthodox. This will be the second time these two have appeared on the podcast to talk about their band Orthodox, based out of Nashville, Tennessee. They recently released their... uh, Third, third. I want to say third LP um, on uh, Century Media Records. It's called Learning to Dissolve. Of course, we're going to talk all about that. But first, the hottest band. That's also a zone. Hot zone. Chicken, make family out of friends. Make friends out of enemies. Peace to my family. Make friends till they bury me. All the places we've been, we're never sitting it out. We be getting it in. Where you getting it out? I said all the places we've been. Man, that whole uh, tribal gaze debacle in the beginning of the episode got me thinking about how sometimes people put the emphasis on the wrong like uh, syllable or wrong word in a phrase. Uh, this came to mind recently while I was listening to an episode of Meet Meat Podcast with the guy Cone from Sum 41 where he kept saying, ice cream cone? That's not the way you say ice cream cone, man. <laughs> and that reminds me of the way my wife says green beans where like, come on, get that space out of there. It's green beans. You can't do it like that. Uh, they are, in fact, green beans, but they are also just green beans. And uh, you can't, but there's no there's no excuse for ice cream cone. That's a weird thing. That makes me think the, the cone's made of cream. You can't talk like that. Now, I realize that I messed up tribal gaze. I think, I don't know. I don't know who messed that up. I don't know why that was in my head. Uh, it's just a funny image, I guess. Gotta get over it. Anyway, moving on. Before I go much farther, I want to thank those people who have been helping me out lately. I've been appearing on a few podcasts. Last week, I did a live appearance on Vox and Hops podcast with Matt McGacky, the vocalist of Cryptopsy, and we talked about Getting It Out podcast, gettingitout.net, and uh, beer and heavy music, which is what he does over there. He's got a great show going. He's got over like 350 episodes. He just put one out with uh, Joe from Psychroptic. 
Um, well, he wasn't on Getting It Out podcast in the past. Dave Haley, the drummer, was. Um, and uh, Matt himself was on Getting It Out podcast in the, in the past. So it all comes full circle. But anyway, that episode, I believe, will be uh, aired um, to the general public sometime by the end of the month. Um, I want to thank the local newspaper is apparently putting a thing in the Lancaster newspaper this week at some point. I'm expecting a blurb, a small paragraph, although I suggested they should do more. Um, of course, there was recently Wasted Radio uh, put up an episode with me, and there was a Dead Air Hardcore Radio uh, from Trevor in the Northwest. So thanks to all those people who've been helping with that. I appreciate you really helping me get the word out. I'm working on some other things with some other people. That's pretty exciting. Uh, you'll hear about that when I hear more about that, and then probably a little bit after that. Uh, but, you know, things are happening, and that's cool. Um, if you're interested in advertising on Getting It Out podcast or gettingitout.net, if you got a band, a record label, whatever, you want an ad banner up, just reach out, let me know. We can work something out. And a lot of times, it's a pretty good deal for you. So, as always, I want to encourage people, if you got music you want to send in, send it to dan at gettingitout.net. You can contact me anytime you want about anything you want. Dan at gettingitout.net is my email address. Or you can use the Instagram, and that's probably the only other place. Don't send me a Facebook message. I don't want any part of that. Um, that's weird. That's old people stuff, right? Don't do it. Um, okay, anyway, as I mentioned on the intro, this episode features Adam Easterling and Mike White of Orthodox. Again, they were on uh, last time was uh, it was right before the pandemic, February of 2020. And we were talking about their new album at the time. It was called Let It Take Its Course. It was out on Unbeaten Records. Now we're talking about Learning to Dissolve, which is out on Century Media Records. Talked all about that and that transition and where they're at now and how they got there and more. So first, let's listen to a song from their record. I want to play my favorite song from that record. It's called Head on a Spike. And uh, check it out and then listen to my conversation with the fellas. Apart. 
execution, we don't bind You want me dead, put me in your sights Hey, it's uh, been a couple years. How you been? Yes, it has. Uh, anything did anything happen in the last couple? <laughs> just, just, the, just the fucking world shutting down. Yeah, that's about it. I didn't look back to when exactly we last talked, but it was before or maybe right before, maybe right after Let It Take Its Course came out. When did that actually come out? I think we were chatting right before because Mike was actually in Nashville because we were on our way. We we're about to leave for tour right before that record came out. So I think we were like the week prior or something along those lines. So what's 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 that on the timeline? Did you actually get to tour on that? Yeah, it's February 2020. So I think that came out February 7th or something like that. Right. And we were on the road until March 14th. Uh, and we had like two weeks left of tour and had to go home because of the, you know, like I said, the world shutting down. Yeah, it was fun. Um, <laughs> and I guess, I guess we're all past that. At this point. And, and, uh, it's funny cause like nobody even wants to talk about it anymore. We're like, yeah, it happened. Let's move on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's exhausted and we're all just like, okay, we're, we're done with this. We're, we're not talking about that anymore. Well, it's weird. It's like you got to acknowledge it, right? Especially for, yeah. for our sake, there was there was the context here. That was the last time we spoke. So not only did that happen, but a lot's happened with Orthodox. I got to imagine in that time frame as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I. Uh, it's been a like like we already said, hellacious couple of years because of that. I basically you were talking about not wanting to talk about it. <clears throat> My whole like thing during the pandemic was I was like, I can't wait for the day that I don't hear the word COVID. <laughs> Like yeah. I this I just if I can go a whole day without hearing it, that'd be amazing. And it hadn't yeah. happened yet, but I think we might be in in the next five years or so, we might be able to we'll get to clear that mark. Yeah. We'll get there. It's funny in, in my in my profession, my my job, you know, everybody wants to keep reminding 
reminding everybody that there's supply chain demands or you know, strains on the supply chain and delays. It's like, yeah, we fucking know. All right. It's been two years now. Do we need to bring this up every day? Like, is this not yeah. just normal now? Do we just not go, okay, <sighs> it takes a while to get shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we get it. Everything's fucked up. <laughs> it's normal now. Get used to yeah. it. Well, some things have gotten better or at least bigger. You guys have went from unbeaten records, which is cool enough, all the way to Century Media Records. So when and how did that happen? Uh, we actually signed with Century Media. Ironically enough, we signed with them in like June or July of 2020. Um, but we didn't have any reason to say anything about it. We were like, yeah. why? Well, there's no point in us being like, oh, we're on Century. See you later, maybe. So we signed the contract back then. And we didn't announce that we were on it until October of last year. Um, so we waited like a full year and some change. And then we put out body and soul as kind of like our debut single slash announcement thing for uh, signing to century. And that was that. So yeah, that's kind of just been the whole timeline of that one. Um, but I think to, was it you, me and you, Mike, at the Chain Reaction Show on that on that tour uh, in 2020? What? Who, who talked to Mike? Yeah. Did you did you talk to him as well? Or was it just me? I think I talked to him. I know he uh, he chatted it up with Trey at the table as well. I think yeah, I, I spoke briefly with him, but I know I definitely know that he was talking Trey's ear off too at the table. <laughs> that sounds about right. Okay. Oh yeah, we we love Mike. Yeah, Mike Gitter is uh, is we're, we thanked him on the record as being the most productive pest that we know. So, <laughs> well, he's the the well known guy signing up all these bands right now, at least for Century Media that I know. A lot mm-hmm. of people that I know that have signed with Century Media, especially those that kind of come out of the hardcore world, seem to go through him. Mm-hmm. I know he brought on Vomit Forth. Uh, I know he brought on Sanguisugabog, Fro- Frozen Soul. Um, he's working on a couple assume really... spirit world. Uh, yeah, I think he did them too, as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, he did do them as well. Pretty much anything American for the most part, Mike touches in some way, shape or form. Um, and he's working on a couple of right now that he was telling me about that. I can't say on the record, yeah. but, yeah. uh, if they land, they're pretty fucking sweet. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Well, you mentioned you put out Body and Soul back in October. That song, not on this record, right? Not on Learning to Dissolve, Learning to Dissolve. Correct. So did that just come out as a digital only thing? Was there any physical stuff with that? Or was that just a, just a, just a preview track? When we were like writing stuff for, um, for Learning to Dissolve, which was mainly like the first half of last year, we had we had had like the first half of body and soul done for a long time and we're kind of like stuck with it and the way that we did the writing process was mike and shiloh would come down from ohio and like one weekend every month pretty much and we work on stuff and we got to a point where we were like okay we want to put a single out before we go on tour with the acacia strain but we won't be able to do that with the timeline we'll have with randy because that's going to be an that was in August of last year. So we kind of just picked a song that we felt was both the, showing the new direction and the way things were going in terms of structure, technicality, aggression, all that kind of stuff, but also felt like it could have been a previous records release. 
Um, and so we kind of picked that one out because it felt like the most standout-ish in that regard from the songs that we had. And then we went and recorded that with um, our buddy in Nashville, Tate Mercer. And uh, yeah, it only ever did um, digital stuff. But uh, that song, I, I actually have, I don't know if you saw the music videos for it, but we had... Yeah our buddy Ryan Rado like hand paint these songs in reaction to the actual music. Yeah. 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 I have those upstairs in a closet uh, in my fiance's art studio. So I actually need to talk with him about maybe selling those for the one year of the song or something. But, uh, but yeah, the, uh, that song was just kind of a standalone. I feel like a lot of people expected it to be on the record, but mm-hmm. we, uh, I don't think that the record's lacking, not having it personally. No, yeah, I, I certainly agree with that. Yeah, I don't think anything lacking. I was just surprised it wasn't there looking through mm-hmm. because you've released um, already a few tracks uh, from this Cave In, Head on a Spike, and uh, what's the other one? Dissolve? Is that the three from the record that you put out so far? Mm-hmm. All with music yep. videos, all well done. Um, the the progression of Orthodox is, well, you guys are progressing exactly how I expected you to. Is it going the way you expected the band to go? And I, I don't know if... I'm being kind of vague there, but I don't know. Maybe you know exactly what I mean. Maybe not. Um, Mike, I'm going to take the lead on this one again, because I'm going to brag about you a little bit. Uh, I think that this is the exact way we're wanting to go. I think Austin coming to the table and writing pretty much all of the risks for this record made us skip a step in the progression, I think. And then I also think that Mike here uh, practicing for like hours a day for an entire month on just these songs in the studio uh, made him really uh, put it all on the table for this, which he kind of also in his progression from his previous recordings with not only us, but like Bather and stuff that nobody's ever had any doubt that Mike here was a great drummer, but like he really showed his whole ass on this one. It's uh, it's really out there. Yeah. This, uh, this record definitely um, tested uh, my patience for myself because <laughs> uh, you know, the riffs that Austin's bringing to the table and, you know, all the, all the program drums that he's just sending over. I'm like, Oh dude, are you kidding me? So um, it's definitely uh, made me progress myself to be able to play these songs, you know, on the track and now getting ready for the road, being able to play them in, in sequence with other songs in the set list. Um, I think us as a band definitely has progressed like artistically and songwriting and, you know, all of that, but in our own lanes, I know that I have stepped up the game. I know Shiloh has to step up his game for tour. Adam, I mean, you know, I've always liked Adam's lyrics and stuff with the pre first started here and first tracks come back. I was like, this is, you know, again, that next level of progression, you know, for him and, the delivery in the vocal booth was incredible. I think at some points it was laughable how, how impressed we were with some of these takes. You know, we, we hear the, the song back with vocals for the first time. We just sit there and we just laugh at it. We're like, damn, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. And I, and, uh, uh, I hear all the things you guys are talking about, especially, especially your drumming mic. And, uh, well, those riffs that you talked about too, um, and Adam, your vocals were strong as ever. Um, basically, just echoing everything you just you guys just said. But the, but it's, I think like I think what Orthodox does could really. How do I say this? Correct? Well, I'll just say it way a normal talk. What you guys do could really suck if you didn't do it so well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
And I, I and I hear that there's other bands out there trying to do this, to these sounds, these the these or combine the influences the way you guys are that aren't doing it as well, and it's not as good. To put it simply, okay. You want to drop any names on the record? You know, that doesn't, it wouldn't bother me if I could, uh, they're too forgettable. I can't even think of what they are. That's fair. You that's know? okay. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> All right. I, I think that's one thing we've always, even before Austin and, and started writing and Mike, even before Mike was in the band and all that, it was like when, uh, Tyler Williams do not plays guitar in counterparts. Um, when he and I were writing our first record fucking over six years ago now, um, sounds of loss. Uh, we kind of realized we wanted to draw a lot of new metal and weird, like freak show rock band influence. And a lot of bands do that. Like you can't hardly listen. You realistically, you can't listen to a drop tuned metalcore band and there not be some semblance of corn there just because they were the band that essentially made that doable first. But we kind of wanted to go in and take from these similar influences, but take from the sides of it that people were scared to touch for that exact reason, where if you don't do it right, like it sounds like ass. So in that we've just over time, I personally have just gotten lucky of finding more and more capable musicians and great songwriters as we've gone uh, to be able to continue to build that same progression. But now it's like, this is the lineup that has been, uh, there's no argument that this is the best lineup this band has ever had. And it's the strongest we've ever sounded in these songs. I, everyone's always going to be, I feel like we're always going to be competing with a couple of songs from sounds of loss for nostalgia's sake, but like, you can't sit there and listen to this and tell me that the shit we put out six years ago is, can even hold a finger to the songs that we're writing nowadays. That's just how I personally feel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think you're like, you mentioned, there's always going to be people or, that are their their likes for your band is going to be nostalgia based. And it reminds me of I was talking to Scott Vogel once about terror, of course, and we and I asked him if he was annoyed that people were always asking for I don't know Slugfest or Despair or Buried Alive. And he said, "No, that doesn't annoy me. Is it? But it does annoy me when people think that that's better than what like because it's because it's just not true. And the the same yeah. thing you said for for you guys like the, as much as good as the sounds of loss or whatever those songs are, or even the let us take his course stuff is this stuff is better. And it's not really, uh, not really much to argue there, but what is, tell me about the, the, the title track learn or the title learning to dissolve. What is that about? Uh, it's mainly just kind of about how you, everybody grows up with a particular set of morals and beliefs, whether it be religious or political or what have you, like everything you're kind of, in, you're basically indoctrinated into from jump from the moment that you can form a thought you're told whether it be inadvertently or not by your higher ups be it your parents or your mentors whoever that like this is how you should act this is how you should feel this is what you should think this is all these different things and so you kind of subliminally grow these super strong attachments over time to a pretty strict way of thinking and then at some point in a lot of people's life myself included you kind of come to the realization that so much of the shit that you felt so strongly about means nothing to you now. And a lot of the ways that you felt before may have been wrong. And that's kind of like what the, the chorus of the song dissolve kind of wraps up is like everything that you grew to love was wrong. So it's like the, the idea that time itself kills everything, both physical and figurative. And if 
time doesn't kill something. If something does, in fact, like the legacy of something lives forever, the legacy itself will change drastically. And so that's pretty much what the the overall concept of it is that everything's going to change, everything's going to die, and you just have to learn to, to shift with the shape. Mm. I like that. It's cool. What it was, what's happening on the cover of this record? A whole, whole bunch of scary shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, it, what isn't happening? <laughs> yeah. I, I think uh, Ridge Ryan, our buddy, um, he plays in Pain of Truth and Life's Question. Um, he is Both very phenomenal. good bands. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That Life's Question, that Life's Question record. Sorry, I'm going to cut you off and just talk about it. Oh, you're good. Finally, of that Life's Question record that just came out the other week. That's a band. I mean, it's, you guys know plenty about hardcore. Usually, you don't. Usually, a good full length. Well, let me rephrase. There aren't many great full length records for hardcore. One right, one hundred percent. And I when I, I talked to Josh, probably about the, around the same time I talked to you guys um, last time, Josh Haynes of Life's Question, mm-hmm. and I was telling him that I always felt I felt like Life's Question, the way they write their songs, the way their songs are that they were one band that I was interested in hearing a full length from because it was all seven yep. inches or whatever singles. And then they finally did it. And it's, it's like exactly what I thought it would be like in, in, in the best way. And it's, it's so well put together for a, a full length hardcore record. And anyway, I just want to praise it a little bit. No, absolutely. Yeah, that, that record is awesome. I was listening to that the other day at the gym and I was like, man, it's so refreshing to hear like, yeah, hardcore that's you know the style has been around but the way that they're doing it right now they it's it's something special that band is a special hardcore band right now which there's some good bands out there but there's not many special hardcore bands that band is awesome yeah i i was saying i'm not going to say names obviously but i was going back and listening to a lot of bands that i used to listen to that i was like obsessed with when orthodox was like first starting out and like every other band i play i'd be like man why the fuck did i like this like, okay, cool. This is a good mosh part. That's a cool vocal line. But like these, a lot of these bands, like throughout metalcore, hardcore, all of it, like there's no real, like, there's not a lot of song structure for a lot of people. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's cool riffs, but like, I can see why this fizzled out. I can see why this band doesn't get any recognition now. So on and so forth. Yeah. And life's question plays a style of hardcore that a lot of the time isn't very polished. It's very much like, Hey, look at this. Now look at this. Now look at this. Now look at this. The song's done. But like they did it in a way where every shift is not only an interesting riff. Josh is the most locked in vocally that he's ever been. He sounds amazing. And also like they don't send you in the direction that. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone's anticipating that they go from song to song, and that's the kind of stuff that will, like, break you out of playing, like, small hardcore shows and get you in front of, like, tons of people. And they did it in a way where it's still very true to the roots they wanted. And that's, it's, I, I blew Ridge up the other day for a, like he designed a shirt for us for this run coming up, but I was just like constantly bugging him. Every other text was like, Oh, just started the next song. This is fucking crazy. Oh, just started the next one. Like it's just, it's out of this world. Also Abby, the other guitarist there, she's actually played with Orthodox before. Uh, and that's Ridge's wife and yeah. Yeah. love those guys to absolute death. And super just excited and, and happy that they are like writing the exact record that I can tell they wanted to write, which is huge. Right. Yeah, no, it's great. It's, it's like, almost like it's, it's technical, but in disguise, you know, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not flashy, but it's, but it's nice. Anyway, I like it again, yeah. like all you guys, all the, the ways you guys described it as refreshing, all those things. But anyway, that's, that's enough about them. Let's talk about you guys. <laughs> and George, what did he, what did he have to do with this cover? What were you saying? Oh, so he, yeah, he's the visual artist for it. So oh, okay. yeah. we went to him and essentially we're just like, Hey, uh, everything you put out crushes. Um, I kind of knowing I've known Rich for a while and I kind of knew like he has a very, a very rich like stamp where you can look at something like, Oh, I bet Rich did that. And I kind of knew I was like, if I push him to this way and I give him what we're looking for and such, I bet he does something that he's never even nobody would say it was his, but it'd still be great. And that's kind of exactly like where it went. He went in and when I told him the whole concept and the title, sent him the lyrics and the song kind of stuff. And he was like, I've got some great shit for this. And he actually went and like threw a bunch of paint strokes down and digitally scanned it in and then manipulated those paint strokes. Cause he wanted there to be a liquid component because of the word being dissolved. And uh, he took a photo of a, it's actually a photo of a woman yeah, and he say. just yeah. it's you can't tell that it's a woman at all in that photo, especially if you like the original things he sent, you could actually tell who it was. And I was like, hey, are you familiar with what's known as the the uncanny valley, which to anyone listening, the uncanny valley is essentially the idea of like something that presents as human, but it makes you uncomfortable because there are aspects of it that you're unsure of. It's a reason why a lot of people hate watching um, that movie, The Polar Express. Cause it's like all the characters are like very human like, but they just, there's just something that's missing. And right. when I got into like that, with him, he's like, <laughs> and um, <laughs> literally like I got, I got into that with him and I was like, uh, go, go this way with it. And he immediately was like, yep, I know exactly what I want to do. And the next thing he sent was that. And I was like, yep, crushed it. And from there it was just figuring out the colors and yeah, he, he absolutely knocked it out of the, out, out of the park. I like it. I like it. I like that. It's, I like when album covers are bright mm-hmm. and uh, this definitely is, it's, but it, but it's dark, you know, it's dark, it looks dark imagery, but with bright colors. And uh, if you, if you threw some blue in there, you'd have me, you know, the blue wouldn't work. Right. I get it. But I'm, <laughs> I got a weird thing. With blue on album covers. <laughs> you got, you got the new boundaries record for that. Oh, that's right. That's pretty cool. You know, what's, yep. you know, you guys are, are new metal friends, so you can, uh, you can weigh in, but the, like the seven dust record, uh, is it animosity that has, is, is that what it's called? I don't know, but it has a blue album cover. And for some reason that's like the, that's 
that's like the album cover that sticks in my mind forever is uh, a seven dust animosity album cover. Not right. I can't remember which one. Mike is the actual aficionado of all things, new metal, most things, new metal. Mostly. <laughs> well, you guys it's like cite uh, certain new metal artists as influences uh, in, in your press stuff. It specifically calls on Lincoln Park and System of a Down, which I don't particularly hear in there. But what am I missing? Because I don't have the best ear. Uh, go ahead, Mike. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, go ahead, Adam, because you are the <laughs> System of a Down guy. <laughs> I mean, System of a Down. I, so I don't think we sound much either like either of those bands. Uh, they are both massive influences on me. Uh, Lincoln Park was like my gateway to heavy music. And then System of a Down was the band that like made me want to be a vocalist essentially. But I don't, I don't know that I would cite, I don't think Austin likes either of those bands. So I don't know that I would cite that for like our actual musical influence in terms of the uh, sonically. But I think right. that in terms of lyrically, I get a lot of inspiration from Chester Bennington, Serge Tonkin, Mike Shinoda, Duran uh, Maleki, and like all those guys are very big influences on me in terms of my delivery and such, and just kind of the way that I think structurally. And so I think it's not necessarily something you hear in terms of the actual riff that's being played, but I guess you could say that there is a lot of influence from the idea of giving like some of the structural key points that like what they do so unbelievably well is they're literally like, they start a song like, Hey, here's this riff. You hear this riff right now that we're playing for you right now. We're going to play this exact riff later with no difference, but for some reason it's going to be 15 times heavier because it's later in the song. And that's like a magic component to that band. And that was something that like, I wanted to try to incorporate here and there throughout like some of the repetition of like, if we play this here and we do it again later, like the impact is going to be even bigger and so on. And then in terms of system of a down, there's only like a couple of spots, but there are definitely some pieces throughout there where like, if you were to listen to the record and I were to pinpoint it, you'd be like, Oh yeah, I definitely hear that, but we don't got to go through and pinpoint necessarily, but no, 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 no. You don't want to do that. You guys are uh, doing a great job of covering a lot of bases with heavy music and not pigeonholing yourself in, into a certain genre at all. Like we were able to transcend a lot, a lot of uh, subgenres and underground music or heavy metal or whatever. So, but what, what does that leave you with playing live? Like what, what, what is the ideal show then for Orthodox? What crowds do you go over best with? Big ones. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess the crowds that we're, trying to go for as as vast as we can you know like you said we're not trying to pigeonhole ourselves you know i want to play i want to play shows for guys that go see you know gojira and metallica all the big you know like lamb of god and all those big metal bands like i want those guys to come out on thursday so you got oh really (laughs) i had i had some buddies that went and saw them but yeah like those guys that you know go to the show have fun and like it's all you know i don't want to downplay any of that but it's very surface level like in the metal community they're there to bang their head have a good time and they don't look too far into it like it's all fun like i want to play for those dudes just as much as i want to play for like the the nerds who listen to the riffs and they're like oh man these are crazy like did you hear like that one part you know the niche guys that like the musicians who listen to music as i like to refer it like the people who understand song structure i want to play for those guys just as much as i want to play for the surface level 
headbangers and whatnot. Like I, I don't want to piss, pigeonhole ourselves at all. Yeah. I, I, I think I understand exactly what you mean. And I, I've brought it up a bunch of times in the past, but I think a lot of time people, maybe even people like me, specifically people like me forget that music is entertainment and uh, mm-hmm. some people just want to have fucking fun and listen, listen to music. I, like I mentioned, I went to that Metallica. Show. I was up in Buffalo. I went to the Metallica show. Right. And it was Metallica, Greta Van Fleet and Ice Nine Kills. Ice Nine Kills, my neighbor plays for them and they're opening. And I'm wow. talking, I'm talking to uh, my, my wife, my kids. I'm like, I don't know how well this is, they're going to go over here being what they are with a Metallica's crowd. And of course they went over great. Oh, yeah. Everybody loved them. And it's like, well, these people don't give a shit the way I give a shit. Like they're just here to have fun and listen to music. And, <laughs> and like, I'm the asshole for thinking that, yeah. you know, and, and I, I think a lot of people like, or maybe I'll include you guys just because you didn't say anything, but, <laughs> but like, you know, like <laughs> overanalyze music. And uh, for most people, it's just fun. And I think Orthodox can be a band. that's just fucking fun for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I think a lot of us can be guilty of that overanalyzing like, oh, you know, what did they do on this record that they didn't do with the last record or song A, B and C? And it's like, it doesn't have to be all that, man. Like, just <laughs> is it cool or is it not? Like, just listen yeah. to it. And uh, I, I used to be guilty of that some years ago when I thought that I knew everything and I'm getting older. I'm like, fuck that. This this pop artist is sick. Like I used to hate on that shit back in the day or country or whatever. And it's like, does it sound cool? Do you like it? That's literally all that matters. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's what I, I try to, I try to tell my kids that like, who gives us, who gives a shit? Just like whatever you like, just and do it on pods. Cause I did that for a long time. I had to go back. I don't know if we talked about it last time, but I had to go back uh, after years of acting like I didn't like new metal anymore and then like oh, thank god I didn't throw out my CDs they were in my parents basement and then you know like listening to them all most of them not all of them and uh, realizing this shit's still good not all of it but you know yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah. but it's, yeah, it's fun to up. like more stuff yeah what are you guys most looking forward to with the release of this one personally just having it fucking out <laughs> just getting it out it's just been We've had it. We recorded it August 2021, and it's it's pretty uh, frustrating to take as much time as we have and not being able to like push our new material, knowing how good it is. You're just constantly like, I think we we finally locked in August 19th as the release date on like in February, and I was like, great, six six months, six more months, fantastic. Yep. Literally a of, year into tracking. It was a year from when we tracked it. Yeah. And, you know, we did the music videos. All the singles came out and they all went well. Um, and especially now that we're like reaching a point with the band where we're like hitting numbers we've never hit. And we've got shows lined up and like it all just it just feels different this time. You know, like it just feels better. It feels bigger. And... You know, we were talking the other day because uh, when Let It Take Its Course came out, like the day of the release, uh, the album as a whole hit like 100,000 streams. But that includes like the singles beforehand and all that. And between the three singles we have on this one, we already have over 100,000 plays. So like that's insane to me. It's just already such a big step forward. And realistically, like since the first album, since Let It Take Its Course came out, we've only done one so like it's it's kind of like 
the fact that we had this kind of borderline exponential growth with very little output and travel on our part has been uh, very, uh, it's just been very encouraging. And then on top of that, like we've also kind of deliberately didn't take a lot of tour offers or really even hunt that much um, because we didn't want to go out and just keep playing the recycled stuff when we had all this good stuff in the back. Cause all we'd want to do is like play the new songs. It's like, nobody's going to give a shit about these things they've never heard of. So we kind of deliberately sat out for the first half of this year. And so finally being able to have this out means we can finally like put in everybody's faces, be like, Hey, let's go on the road. You want to see this? Like, let's, let's get out there. Let's do this. And so kind of like next year is where we're really talking about like hitting the ground running with it. So that's kind of, I guess that's what I'm more so looking forward to is like, that and then also not having to send 16 emails a day based on my band would be great <laughs> like that'd be that'd be fantastic i know from doing this right that you guys musicians are stuck doing this a lot now um <laughs> and it sounds like for people who have been in it for a very long time it seems like more than ever i gotta imagine along with that boost you're probably seeing from uh being with century media it boosts the shit like this you got to do. Um, was all, is there anything else that's come along with uh, being on this type of, this size of a label that's been unexpected? Michael, let you go first, if you have anything. Yeah, definitely the, um, uh, the press and the podcast and stuff like that. And then, you know, uh, <laughs> getting a lot more of my local friends being like, oh man, Century. And I'm like, yeah, man, it's, it's cool, man. Like, you know, can't wait to get out there and actually do it. And, yeah. you know, like, like I said, we're waiting on this record to drop. It's like, it's been, it's been a sigh of relief that everything has been a, a little more smooth with this. I know Adam definitely deals with, like he said, the emails of this, that, and the other. And we thank him for kind of leading the way on that one. Cause I know I probably couldn't deal with that. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was like the biggest change for me was we did those two LPs with Unbeaten Records and, um, you know, Buddy Armstrong, like I've said every time I've ever mentioned the guy is like, we probably wouldn't be a band if it weren't for that guy, like taking a risk and be like, no, you should do a full length record. Like we want to do it. And with that, like they actually had like Alec Cakebread um, was our PR agent uh, for those cycles. And he busted his ass and got us a lot of really cool interviews how we ended up talking with you before so i don't know that we've necessarily done more on this cycle so much as like the the crazy thing for me is like how many articles a day are getting posted that are just from the press release and then like 40 percent of them i click on it and i don't it's a language i don't know and I'm like, that's fucking crazy. Like, oh, this is the seventh German review we've had. And I have no clue what this dude says, but uh, there's a lot there. So somebody's reading it. That's good. Like, it, <laughs> that's pretty nuts. And then also, like, I don't know, like, one of the cooler things that I've gotten to do, like, we, I had an interview with NotFest yesterday on their Twitch stream. And it was like, if you'd have told teenage me that NotFest even knew who the fuck my band was. Right. I, then I'd have been like, I'd have been freaking out. So like, that's been kind of one of the cooler sides of it is like trying to take in. Cause once, once you're in it, like once you're on century, it's like, okay, cool. Time to go to work. 
So yeah. like, I haven't even really, when people congratulate me on it, like, Oh, I can't believe you're on century media. Like it is just our reality. So like, it's not even, mm-hmm. I have to remind myself that this is, this was worth building to get here kind of thing. So I think that's been like the coolest part about it is like the moments where I'm allowed, I allow myself to step back and actually take it all in is probably the the coolest side of it. Yeah. Um, do, do you guys find, and I find, uh... I can relate to this. That's why I'm asking. Do you find that you have to sometimes remind yourself that this is what you wanted? Like, yeah. like, like I'll do, I'll, I'll be like, ah, oh, fuck it. I got to do, I got to yeah, three interviews this week and I'm coming home my lunch break to talk to Kirk from Crowbar. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, what this, God damn it. Like, I don't even get to you know, take time to eat lunch. I'm like, but nobody's making me do this. This is what I wanted to do. Like, yeah, but then, yeah. yeah, then you find yourself like getting, you know, getting lost in it. Like you're talking about like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're, you're bummed. You got to talk to Kirk from Crowbar. And you're like, wait a minute. This <laughs> fucking Kirk from Crowbar, dude. Yeah, yeah. I spent my lunch break talking to Udo from Accept once, you know, and that's like, yeah, that's like the coolest thing ever. But, you know, in the moment, oh, yeah. it's like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's like with anything, though. I mean, like, regardless of what you do, even if you love it, it can be frustrating. And there's, you know, there's days where I'm like either on the road, getting ready for the road or practicing or whatever, that it's like it's mentally draining. Like this week, you know, we're getting ready to go out for a few few days next week. And, you know, I'm learning the songs and I'm doing all the tour prep shit. And it's like, man, I'm fuck. I got to do this, that and the other. And it's like, wait a minute at. 15 when you first bought your first drum set like you had no idea that you would be doing this like oh fuck i gotta go play these these shows and like i got this tour coming up in october and like we gotta go out to california or whatever it's like that's normal now and it's like i'm thankful every day (laughs) when i can when i can say that and it's like i would have never dreamed when i was 15 years old that that would be a thing so it's like it's it's fair that you can be like damn i gotta do that but it's like well yeah you do so suck it up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, time spent on anything is still time spent. I think that's the thing right. you just have to remember that like everything about what we do is a part of the bigger picture, which is progress of the band. It's just, yeah, it, it is a little crazy to it, exactly like what, what Mike said about like buying your first drum kit at 15. Like I would have never assumed when I was like playing along to the, the additional percussion parts on my drum pad to like Iowa that I would be down the line, like touring, touring so much that like when we announce a tour, it's just like, yeah, cool. And that's just it. Like, that's just the end of it. Like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, cool. We're playing LA instead of Anaheim this time. That's great. I've never been there or I've never, never played that venue. Oh good. We're not playing that one. Oh good. We're playing this one. Like being so familiar with that kind of thing that it's literally just like a common occurrence is pretty crazy when you consider how you feel the first time you announce a tour right right you just get you get too close to it and yeah Yeah. it's 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 not it's it's nice to sometimes remind yourself that like i said this is what you wanted and yeah and now you but then you know like like what's that fucking philosopher i forget his name but you know you you can't get what you want because then you just want more and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the goalpost keeps moving. And uh, now, but anyway, now you guys mes- men- mentioned your upcoming tours. You got a couple of dates. I think it's with Chamber and somebody else. And then, and then what else has happened after that? So we've got a couple of dates with um, Chamber and uh, A Dozen Black Roses that A Dozen Black Roses is actually um, Austin's other band. 
So right. our guitarist sings, writes all that shit. If you ever want to hear what Austin sounds like when he's just unhinged, that's that band. <laughs> um, but in terms of those shows, we've got like those four kind of regional things. We're all from Nashville. So it's kind of just like a best of Nashville takeover the region type thing. Um, and so we're super stoked about that. It's actually our first time playing chambers, like some of our best friends and we haven't played shows with them since 2019. When was that? Mike 2018. Uh, 2018 was the headliner. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, we're super, super excited about that. But then we've got the month with um, burials and boundaries coming up. So where's that going? Is that a full U S yep. That is full. Yep. And then what I'm kidding. Um, so, <laughs> but that's, that's plenty to go to look forward to in the future. I, I, I guess you haven't done many tours or shows in the last year, right? Yeah, we've done none since the, uh, since the Acacia strain tour right. last year. Nice. Well, um, I don't know what else to say about this record other than that. I've listened to it a ton. I'm telling you when I got the, when I got the promo for it, I put it in a, uh, in a browser tab on my phone and it's been there for weeks. It's one of my tabs that I go to uh, pretty much daily to check out. I like it a lot. Like we mentioned, it is a natural progression from the other stuff and it sounds even better than I was expecting to be honest. And I knew there'd be a jump because of century media, but uh, I'm thoroughly impressed. And I think you guys did a great job uh, looking forward to hopefully I won't catch, I won't catch you on this tour, but hopefully on uh, the next one. But yeah, uh, thanks guys for taking time to talk to me again. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Absolutely. It's good to, good yeah, to chat you with so you again.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Adam and Mike of Orthodox. The song you just heard was Dissolve. Of course, it's on their new album, Learning to Dissolve, available everywhere right now on Century Media Records. Another great time talking to those guys. Happy to have them back anytime in the future. If you haven't checked out that record yet, please do so immediately. In other news, today is the day the NFL season starts back up. I'm getting a little bit more excited. I think I did a fantasy draft. Uh, it didn't go well. never does. Um, I don't know why I continue to do this game. It only makes me miserable. I don't like anything about it. Um, I've never won in I don't know how many years. Second place once or twice, but never won. Um, compared to when fantasy basketball, I did that one time and got second place in that. I'm always a second place finisher. You can tell I'm a Charles Barkley guy. You can tell I'm an Eagles guy. I just, I always come up short. You can tell I'm a Chris Lieben guy. Never even get there, you know, in that case. But, um, yeah, uh, tonight the, the, the Bills and the Rams. Who's supposed to win that one? I think people are saying the Bills are supposed to win that one. I don't know where it's at, Los Angeles or Buffalo. I'm not sure that that makes that big of a difference given the time of year. But my prediction is, um, I don't know, Rams. They won the Super Bowl, right? So we, we, you can safely say the Rams. Well, I just did. Anyway. I want to encourage you to go to gettingitout.net and check out what's going on there. A lot of news going up this week. Uh, too fast for me to post on the socials, which is funny because I'm the one posting the news. It's just it's a lot of work to do for, for one person sometimes. So go there. I can't always update you on the socials, but you can just find out what's going on by going to gettingitout.net, checking out what's happening there. Uh, a couple of reviews to come this week, uh, trying to keep that machine moving. Tough to do, but we're going to do it, all right? We're going to do it. It's going to be the place that you go to get all of your music news and reviews. And, of course, Getting It Out podcast. And that's going to be it for this one. I'm going to leave you with a track from Pet Brick. Are you familiar with Pet Brick? I think you should be. Pet Brick, of course, is Igor Cavalera and Wayne Adams. It's an experimental electronic project. Uh, very harsh uh, this song that I'm going to play you is called Grind You Doll, and it features Jacob Bannon of Converge. You know that band. You know that man. Uh, anyway, it's off of their new album, which is going to get released uh, sometime soon through Neuro... Neuro... <laughs> through Neurot or Neuro and Rocket Recordings later this month. It's called Liminal. Anyway, this song is Grind You Doll. Check it out. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.